Good morning, everyone. My name's Phil. I, uh, I used to be in the leadership here, but um, now I'm sort of, I don't know. I'm Phil. Yeah, that'll do. I'm Phil. Thanks, James, for stepping up this morning. Uh, that was really important. As James was, was just speaking, I had this picture of, of the rocket taking off from Cape Canaveral. And it reminded me that, you know, sometimes God takes us on a journey or we go through stuff that we don't understand. And it's a bit like that, that first stage of the rocket. It's only there to get you to space. It's only there to get you into the orbit of the earth. And as soon as that's been done, it falls away. And then you get into orbit and you just drift around the earth into orbit. And what God is saying is it's temporary. If stuff is happening to you, he can release that first stage of that rocket. It'll fall back to earth and you will get into his orbit. And the shaking and the stuff and the fear that comes with that takeoff will all be gone. I think that's the word for... Somebody here this morning. Thanks, James, for, for sharing. Right, we're going to be looking at, well, we're going through our Hope DNA. I love this series. It's really good. So we're looking at authentic community, extravagant worshippers, shaped by the word, moving in the spirit, driven by power, driven by prayer, sorry, and by power. Yeah, why not? And serving our community, all the things that we want to be. This is our mission statement. This is where we believe God wants us to be as a church. These are the things that we emphasize because we believe they are so important and they're all backed up by what's in the Word of God. So we're going to, we're getting to part two now of moving in the Spirit. Interesting, isn't it? Huge subject. There's no way I can tackle this this morning in, in one sermon. So, so Matt said, well, how about talking about the gift of prophecy? which is part of moving in the spirit. And even that is a huge subject, needs a whole course. So, but we're going to go through it this morning, and we just want God to speak to us. And we're going to learn a few things. And some of you will know all of this. Listen carefully for something new, what God's saying to you. Somebody needs to be stimulated again into this gift of prophecy. But let's start off with this word, moving in the spirit. What does it say? It doesn't say put your feet up in the spirit. It doesn't say let's all be static in the spirit. It doesn't say let's sit back and wait for heaven in the spirit. It says moving in the spirit. And moving means action. It means you're in one place and you've got to take a step to get into another place. You've got to move in the spirit. Or move with the Spirit. We all know this verse. I think a lot of us know this verse that describes the Spirit as wind. Wind that blows just as it pleases. But look at that. It struck me this, this, this week. Look at the last bit of that verse. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. We're all supposed to be blown around where the Spirit goes. We're all supposed to go with the Spirit. We're all supposed to not quite know what's happening because the Spirit's guiding us. It's our mission. And of course, the picture that Matt gave us last week is so true. We've got to put our sails up 
to capture the Spirit, to be taken by the Spirit, to move in the Spirit. And if we're moving in the Spirit and you're not going to put your sails up, it's not going to happen to you. You're going to stay exactly where you were. You've got to step into another place to be moving in the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't want just to fill us. He wants to stretch us. He wants to stretch us so that we do things that we didn't think we could do. In fact, that's what the Spirit does. He calls us not to do the things that you can do because you're naturally gifted at it. He calls us to do the things you can't do unless he comes and does it for you in his power. So he wants to stretch us. And of course, if you put your sails up, you're going to be stretched. That canvas in that sail is going to be blown up really wide, really tall. It's going to capture the whole of the wind. And that's what the Spirit wants to do with us. And when we come to prophecy, what is prophecy? Well, I've got some bad news and some good news this morning. I'll give you the bad news first. The bad news is I'm just a Joe Bloggs Christian. I'm not somebody who travels around the world speaking to thousands of people who comes back and give you loads and loads of stories of miracles that happened to me and, and words that have been given to me every single day. It happens and look what God is doing. I'm just a Joe Bloggs Christian. Bad news. What are you going to hear from me then? What are you going to get from me? Let me give me the good news. The good news is, I'm just a Joe Box Christian. So if I can do it, you can do it. We're all in this together. And if God uses me, God will use you. So you can't sit there and say, oh, it's all right for you. Sitting there on, you know, being up there in your, your great platform, preaching at the front, it's all right for you, Phil. No, I'm just the same as you. So we can all, we can all be moved by the Spirit. What is prophecy? Prophecy is a revelation from God. A revelation that comes to you. Now, we always, we often hear from God when we're praying and we get revelations of God. God speaks to us. But the gift of prophecy is when God gives you a revelation that's not for you. It's for someone else. So you have to move in the Spirit to give it to somebody else. It's the message, it's the way God wants to work in his church. He wants to work, he loves to work through us. Think about when you became a Christian. What happened when you became a Christian? Well, Paul says this, with all wisdom and understanding, God revealed to us the mystery of his will. When you became a Christian, whether you can locate the day and the time or not, or whether it's just a time during a period when you grew up in a Christian home, God, if you were a Christian, God would have come and revealed himself to you. He would have revealed the purpose of Jesus coming. He would reveal who Jesus is. He would reveal that Jesus died on the cross for you. And you would have listened and you would have responded and asked for forgiveness and ask for him to come into your life. And you would have said, oh, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Because of a revelation from God. But how do we go on as a being Christians? How, how do we live our life as a Christian? How, what's every day look like? 
Well, Paul says this. I keep asking that God may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. Revelation is so important to understand who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. We need that revelation from God, the things that God reveals to us, the words that leap off the page and smack us in the face, and the things we hear God say if we listen. So growing as a Christian, getting to know him better is all about revelation, about listening to God, receiving a revelation, and responding to that revelation. And that deepens our relationship with God. And all relationships, all relationships rely on conversation. Just think about it. I went to a youth hostel once in Keswick. I was on my own walking around the Lake District. And... um, I came down for breakfast at Keswick Youth Hostel and I sat there and I watched this couple come down and sit there and have their breakfast. I don't know how old they were, maybe 50s, 60s. I must have been married for some time and they sat and they stared at the wall in front of them the whole of the breakfast. And I watched and watched for 20 minutes, half an hour, they just didn't say a word to each other There was vacant expressions on them and they stared at the wall. They didn't even look at each other. And I thought to myself, how sad. What sort of relationship is that where there's no conversation? Of course, it doesn't work either if the conversation is all one-sided. If you're in a relationship where you're doing all the listening and somebody else doing all the talking, that's not a relationship either. And the beauty of our relationship with God is that God is perfect. He's our heavenly father. He's perfect. I'm sorry, but Leon, I'm not perfect. I'm sorry. So our relationship, like all relationships, rely on compromise. A bit of give and a bit of take. But when you come to a relationship with God, you don't need to compromise. He's our heavenly father, a perfect heavenly father. He's our friend who sticks closer than a brother. He has, we have the Holy Spirit, his presence, his breath living in us. And we need to be hungry, not just to talk to him, but hungry to listen to him as well. What's he got to say to me? And we need to be available to respond to what he's saying. That's how we get to know him better. Mark Aldridge, who we, um, a lot of us in this church know really well, has been here to preach, says this, the birthright of every Christian is to hear the voice of God. The birthright of every Christian is to hear the voice of God. So what is the gift of prophecy? Well, it's a revelation that you pass on to somebody else because that's what God's asking you to do. Imagine coming down one morning and you open the door, front door, and there's a parcel. And you pick it up and you see it's not for you, it's for your next door neighbor. So what do you do with it? Well, you put it down and you have your breakfast and then you pick it up and then you look at it again. You think, well, I better take it round. And you go around, knock on their door and you give it to them. And their face lights up. They've got a parcel. Wow. And you give them the parcel very simple illustration of what God's doing. God wants to give us 
a revelation for somebody else. That's the gift of the prophecy. So you can be involved in what God wants to do to excite somebody else, to help somebody else, to build up somebody else, to give them assurance. You can be used in that process. And maybe that person isn't listening to God. So you're going to go in and give them that message. Or maybe that God just wants to use you anyway because that's what he loves to do. So when God gives us a revelation, if it's not for you, or for somebody else, what's it look like? Well, I think there's probably, I don't know, I've just put down six different levels that I see of what God does through the gift of prophecy. And they're sort of layers, if you like. The first is the foretelling of the future. Now, I don't want to talk about that. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. That's probably for the gift of the prophet, the one who's, who's got the, the office of a prophet. If he's going to predict what happens in the future, then that's something beyond what I'm talking about this morning. It could happen. Second one is when you give something to someone that directs them into making a decision. So you're, this is something that we have to be very careful of because obviously if you're going to say to someone, I believe God, He's calling you to Rwanda. Well, that's pretty huge, isn't it? So we're not, I'm not talking about that today either. In fact, the one above, the two above the line, I would say is you should never, ever take that on yourself alone. You should go to people that you trust, those who are wise, the leaders in the church, and you should pray over it. And just make sure that it's the right message. But really, I want to talk about below that line. So then we have a word of knowledge about another situation. Sometimes God will give you something that you shouldn't know. Or you don't know. And you think, this is weird. And it takes a step of faith to go and give someone a message that you don't know about. But when their face lights up and you realize God has used you, that's fantastic. But then there's level four, which, you know, which is a, where you get a word or a scripture or, or a picture of something. And God is asking you to share it with a specific person or with the church. That's okay. And you come along and you give it and you say, this is what I believe God is saying. And this is what I believe it means. That's with an interpretation. And number five is where this happens a lot. You'll get a message to give to somebody else who've got no idea what it means. But you present it to somebody, you tell them what God's been saying, and their face lights up and they start nodding. And it's so reassuring to think that God knows their needs and God is using you as a channel, even though you have no idea of the context. But God does. To be used in this way takes faith. And then number six is just, when we're praying and when we're close to God, God will speak in our conversations without us even realizing that we're being prophetic. It just happens. It's happened to me loads when I've listened to what people are saying. And sometimes people will say, just, just having a chat in the corridor. And suddenly, wow, God has spoken to me. That person doesn't know. Isn't that amazing what God does? 
And all of these things we want to happen within the church. I want to give you some personal examples, three personal examples from my life. First one is um, going back 24 years, I was in a state of crisis. I was in a bad place. And the, all, of, all I could think about was it's all over. My ministry is all over. I was doing a lot of preaching at the time. My ministry is all over. My preaching is all over. It's all over. It's all over. What's... And then somebody came along and said to me, I've got a ticket here for Christian praise in De Montfort Hall. And I didn't want to go. No, 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 no. And they said, well, look, God's told me to give it to you. So I accepted it and I went. And I sat in De Montfort Hall. And I was up in the balcony on the corner, overlooking the stage where it curves around. And it was okay. It wasn't bad, I suppose. And then Jeff Lucas got up to speak. And Jeff Lucas is great. You ever heard Jeff Lucas? He's really funny. And he was in the middle of his preach and getting, the, getting the, the choir to lean in and lean out. It was all very funny. It was a real good message, though. And suddenly, in the middle of his message, he stopped. And he walked across the stage and he looked up at me and he said, God says it's not all over. And the hairs on the back of my neck went up. And as I thought about that, I was overwhelmed. Overwhelmed that God loved me so much that he was prepared to stop somebody preaching to 2,000 people and come and give me a word of encouragement, a promise from him. I was absolutely overwhelmed with that. Now, maybe that's not the level I'm talking about this morning because maybe we'll... It's very hard to do that, to listen to God's voice while you're preaching. It's really difficult. How amazing. Second one is this. Somebody called Jackie used to be in the church. And uh, Lynn and I started here about 2010. 2010, that's right. And we've been here about a year, year and a half. And I was leaving the service one Sunday, just in that corner there. And Jackie was chatting to me. And she said, Phil, you're going to lead this church. I went, what? I've got a, a working long hours at Rolls-Royce, thinking I've got to work till 65. And I just thought, what? I'm going to lead this church. I've only been here 18 months. I'm going to lead this church. Anyway, I forgot about it. And then it so happens that I was able to leave at 60. And it so happens that a year later, I was asked to lead this church. Now, I don't know if Jackie knew she was being prophetic or not, but she was. God spoke to me, and I hold on to that. It's very comforting to know that God is uh, underlining your decision. Third one is this. I, uh, I was at a New Wine event, and... Somebody got up at the front, and we were asked to give them words of prophecy. And I had a picture, and I gave him the picture, and I told him what I thought it meant. And he was nodding, and it absolutely resonated. And I thought, oh, that's good. Skip forward three years, and I'm at another new wine event. This time, there's about 200 people there. 
loads of people, and we're invited to get up and just, just share a word with somebody. So I asked God, and I just said, what, what have I got, Lord? What are you saying to me? And he gave me the same picture. And I said, Lord, I can't. I don't want something stale. I don't want something old. I want something new, something fresh. And God said, nope, this is the picture I want you to give. So I went round in um, Holy Trinity until I found this guy, and I felt God wanted me to speak to him. So I went over to him, and I gave him this message. And he said to me, I've had that before. And he was absolutely amazed. I looked at him and I realized that it was the same guy. Now, I felt awful because I thought, this guy is going to think I go around giving the same message to everyone. <laughs> I felt dreadful. And God had to say to me, no, that's what I intended to do, to underline the message he'd had three years before. Now, he didn't recognize me, fortunately. <laughs> you see how God works? There's all sorts of ways God works with the gift of prophecy. Who can prophesy? Well, any of us who are a Christian, God can use to prophesy anyone if we make ourselves available. If we learn to tune in to his voice, what he's saying. If we learn to receive that revelation and if we have the faith to move in the spirit and give it away. Just like that parcel, like it's outside the door. You know, if parcels were going to be frequently left outside your door, you'd look every morning, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? You wouldn't just ignore it. That's what God wants us to do. Look. Listen to what God's saying. Use me, Lord, use me. Any one of us can receive a revelation and relay it in faith. That's what Paul says. Earnestly pursue love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially the gift of prophecy. Wow. And then at the end of that chapter, he says the same thing again. He says, be eager to prophesy. Paul is talking to the church. He's saying, if you're a Christian, then be hungry to be used by God in prophecy to pass on his revelation to somebody else. That's what he wants you to do. But our eagerness in isolation is not enough. With that eagerness has to come a real hunger that drives you into the presence of God. You have to be filled with the Spirit. You have to feel the Holy Spirit talking to you. You have to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in your life so there's no contradiction. But I tell you what, you don't have to have super wisdom. You don't have to be articulate. You don't have to be incredibly intelligent. You don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be a Christian five or ten years. God can use any one of us. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Sometimes... The most powerful things God says is one word. I was looking in Amos, Amos, uh, the prophet in the Old Testament. God gave him a picture and, and Amos says, and God says to Amos, what do you see? And Amos says, oh, I see a bowl of fruit. That was it. I see a bowl of ripe fruit. And God told him what that meant. See, it doesn't have to be 
complicated. Now, if you came up here and said, I see a bowl of fruit, we might all go, what? <laughs> so maybe there needs to be some understanding of what the God is saying, the interpretation. But it's so simple. In, in Acts, Agabus comes to Paul and takes his belt off and ties his hands around and says, this is what the Romans are going to do to you, Paul. It's very simple. Nothing complicated, not some great long story. Sometimes it's very simple what God wants to say, but very profound to the person who receives it. What does Paul say again? The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. This is what prophecy is. Building us up. You're strengthening your encouragement and your comfort. And it's not just the comfort of putting your arm around somebody. That word really means I am going to, I understand and I'm going to walk with you through this. We all need to hear these things, don't we? And sometimes it takes somebody else giving us a word from God for us to go, wow. Because somehow that's a step that you didn't expect. And the feeling of the love of God who wants to talk to you through somebody else is overwhelming at times. And sometimes that word will just reaffirm a calling you've had. And God's just underlining it's the right thing or confirming a decision you've already made and God's just giving you uh, assurance that it's the right way to go. It might be just for boosting someone's confidence, scrubbing out doubt in their lives or directing them to a hard choice and just helping that decision, bringing peace into someone's chaotic life, bringing encouragement to somebody who's, who's actually discouraged because things are going really bad in, at work or at church or giving encouragement. And sometimes that word might be to bring somebody who's not a Christian to the foot of the cross in repentance of their sins. Discovering Jesus for the first time. Sometimes the gift of prophecy is not just within the church. Sometimes it's for people we meet on the street. Strangers. It could be all these things. And the prophetic is also for the body of Christ. Paul says, to each one, the revelation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's for all of us. It's to build the church up, whether it's one person to another person, in which case we all get built up if prophecy is happening amongst us, or whether it's someone's at the front here speaking to the whole church. God wants to build his church, and he wants to use the gift of prophecy along with Scripture, along with everything else that we do, worship. He wants to build his church in this way. We are a community of God's people. Now, if you're going to bring a message to the church, then we prefer that you just consult the leadership just so the leadership can, can see that it's okay, that, yeah, we believe this is what God is saying and give you some direction. But it's great. On a Sunday, we just love it because the Holy Spirit is sometimes, he's just so spontaneous, isn't he? And we want him to be spontaneous as well as something during the week that you pass on later on. 
I'm not talking Old Testament prophecy here. That's the most important thing to say. I'm not talking, and it's a good job I'm not talking Old Testament prophecy. Why? Because in the Old Testament, false prophets were put to death. So we're not talking Old Testament prophecy. In fact, you'll find when you read the Old Testament that the prophets were judged by their words. In the New Testament, it's not the prophets that are judged, it's the prophecy that's judged. It's the prophecy that's looked at and considered and weighed. Paul says this, Do not suffocate the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Let's think of those things. Do not suffocate the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. We mustn't allow skepticism to stop what God wants to do. We mustn't allow fear or unbelief or our previous religion, religious experience that says these things don't happen. We mustn't let those things to scupper the work of God and the revelation that God wants to bring. And we mustn't trivialize the gift or trivialize the message just because we've had a bad experience in the past. You know, there are mistakes. We will make mistakes. Some people will be too impulsive. Some in their excitement might mishear what God is saying. Some may want to be seen as a spiritual person and pride gets in the way. And sometimes it just comes from us and not from him. But that's okay. That's okay. But we are not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, empty the dirty old bathwater. Yes, but hug the baby. Keep it close to you because the gift of prophecy is so precious to the church. But test all things. Don't be gullible then. We need to weigh it. Evaluate it. Pray over the message. If it's Contradicts scripture, we throw it out. If it undermines or it causes disunity or if it discourages or if, then throw it out. If it, but it's important that we don't forget that God speaks in this way. Paul says we know in part and we prophesy in part, but it's like a dim reflection in a mirror. We are fallible, but that's okay. We're going to judge the prophecy, not the prophet. Then he says, hold fast to what is good. Remember, remember when God has given you a word. I wish, I really, really wish I'd written down all the things that people have said to me over the years. Because they're encouraging at the time. But when you go back, just imagine a folder full of them all stacked up and you're reading them again and how encouraging would that be? How wonderful. I encourage you to write down anything that God gives you that you believe is prophetic, that you believe is coming from him through somebody else. Write it down. Hold fast to what is good. It will strengthen you and encourage you and comfort you. Even the ones that have a use-by date because it's all about something that's now been and gone. Keep it because it's a reminder of the love of God and how much he wants you 
to serve him and how he's going to be with you in that service. And abstain from every form of evil because that will suffocate the spirit and you will lose the gift. By their fruit, you will recognize them, says God. And then lastly, Paul says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. I'm zilch. I'm zero. Love covers everything. The gift must never be abused. So, you ready to put your sounds up? Are you ready to be stretched by the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to get off your spiritual sofa and be moving in the Spirit? It's what God's asking us to do, to tune in to his voice and to use the gift that God gives to strengthen, to encourage, and to uplift, and to comfort, and to bolster. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you turn the natural into the supernatural. That you can turn words that we speak to one another into words that describe a revelation from my Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, will you come with that gift this morning? Holy Spirit, will you distribute that gift amongst us? Holy Spirit, will you give us that ability to find the right frequency and tune in to that voice of God that we may hear not through our ears, but spirit to spirit, right deep down in our spirits. May we hear what you are saying. Holy Spirit, will you come with specifics? Will you give us specific words to say? Will you give us words of knowledge? Will you put into our minds somebody who needs to hear a revelation from you for their encouragement and their comfort? Holy Spirit, will you do that now? You have promised to give gifts to your church. Lord, for those in this church who have been prophetic in the past, I just pray, Lord, if anyone has been unattentive to your voice, then restore that gift. For those, Father, who don't know what it's like to listen to the voice of God and to pass on a revelation from God, will you enable them to learn? Holy Spirit, will you fill them now? Holy Spirit, will you give us faith 
to take what we are doubting in our heads all the time, but we feel in our guts and we feel in our spirit, it's what you want to say. Will you give us the courage to move and to pass it on? To take what you have for somebody else and to be used as your conduit. Wow. We love that you want to do that, Lord. And I pray that this morning you will start to do that amongst us in a fresh way, in a new way. Lord, we're not perfect people, but we want to be available people. Available to be used by you. Come, Holy Spirit. We're just going to sit in the silence, and I want you to just try and tune in to what God is saying. And I'd like you, if possible, to try and tune in to somebody. You can turn around and have a look around if you want. Just try and tune in to somebody in the church who you feel God wants you to speak a word to. And after a couple of minutes' silence, I'd just like you to get up and we're just going to mill around and pass on what we believe God is saying. Don't forget it's for, it's for encouragement. It's uplifting. You won't know the context of the person you're bringing that message to, but God does.